0: Welcome to We Go There. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki, and our favorite conversations are when someone
1: starts by saying, this might be TMI, but, but hey, we go there because there's no such thing as having too much information when it comes to your health and wellness. We dive deep into topics, interview experts, and get answers you need because knowledge is power and feeling empowered is what we're all about. So let's go there.
0: This is going to be a very enlightening episode, and I'm so excited to welcome Trista Zinn. She's the founder of Hypopressives Canada and Corset Fitness. So maybe you've seen some of these tummy vacuums or stomach vacuums over social media. You know, you're kind of like, I thought we weren't supposed to suck in. What's the deal? There's so much we're going to dive into today because there's a lot to know about this tool for helping reduce pelvic organ prolapse and train your core. And so we're going to dive in with Trista's story. She was diagnosed with a stage two bladder prolapse. She's got two kids. She's got a really interesting story and I've actually met her in real life here in Toronto and we did a workshop again, oh my gosh, around 10 years ago. So this is going to be good. We're doing, we're getting a lot of catch up done today. So welcome Trista.
2: Thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me the opportunity to chat today.
0: There's so much to dive into. Um, And I feel like Lexi's getting her popcorn out to like, listen. (laughs) Uh, She's muted. I am going (laughs) to be She's unmuting herself. Got it. I I,
3: I muted myself because I was eating the popcorn. (laughs) 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 No, I have so much to learn and I just can't wait to like sit back. And then usually I'm the one, you know, Trista who asks like the questions that, the people who are not experienced in these fields are like, wait, I'm sorry, that definition or that acronym you use, can you just please spell it out for me? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. So that'll be my questions. Nikki will dive into the more, you know, (laughs) (laughs) useful content.
0: content. The the nerdy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with your journey with prolapse and like uh, just explaining what are hypopressives how did you get started about like with this how are you so passionate about it we want to we want to know, know everything
2: all right all right so I'll try to keep the abbreviated version or the shorter version of my personal story a little bit um and I'll start with that before I get into the hypopressives because that's kind of leads into the the hypopressive technique so um it was uh yeah roughly 10 years ago in 2012 Uh, that, and my kids were 11 and six at the time. So I wasn't a new mom or I wasn't entering menopause or anything. And I'd actually just attended a Pilates course, a pelvic floor Pilates course. And I learned in that course, what pelvic organ prolapse was. And I learned in that course that there was such a thing as pelvic health physiotherapists. And to me, I was like, what the hell? How is it that I'm a 42 year old mother of two in the fitness industry healthy, active, thinking I'm doing everything right for my body. And I didn't even know that this existed. No one mentioned this to me. And so it was, uh, I kind of walked out of that course and it was a bit of a whirlwind of information Um, and a little shocked, to be honest. And I definitely wanted to go and see a pelvic health physiotherapist. I wanted to get a base mark. I then wanted my clients, my friends, I encouraged them to go see pelvic health physio, just treat it like an annual, like see how you're at. Maybe you don't need to go back. I'll see you in a year. Maybe there's a little bit of preventative stuff that can happen, you know? Um, So I went to see the pelvic health physio and it was at that appointment, I actually found out that I had stage two uh bladder prolapse. And although I'd had ever since my daughter, who's my eldest, so she was 11, I would had chronic piriformis issues, like constantly, putting my fist in my piriformis, you know, on my glute, rolling on a ball in the car, couldn't sit still, always something was there. And I would get every so often like this kind of nagging, kind of pulling up near the pelvic floor, high up inner thigh. It wasn't constant. I just thought, oh, I'd overdone adductors at the gym or too much running. I didn't really know enough about pelvic floor dysfunction at the time to even think it could be a symptom. Um... And then I found out afterwards that, yes, it could be a symptom because those symptoms started to go away once my pelvic floor started to restore itself. And so um, I will tell you that although I didn't go into that appointment very symptomatic, I left that appointment with every symptom in the book. And it became mentally and emotionally exhausting for me. And I Back then in 2012, it was um physios were more recommending that you stop doing your training, stop doing your ad uh, workouts, stop doing your exercises. I'm a runner, a cyclist, cross-country skier, I do strength training five times a week. And I was also just told to stop doing that. And so anything that I would have used to help me emotionally cope with this diagnosis, I was also told to stop doing. So I was, yeah, in a a real estate. I remember my husband was away on a business trip. I had the kids by myself. I'm like, oh my God, just leave me alone. I just want to go in my room and figure out what's going on, you know? Like, I didn't know how to stand. I didn't know how to breathe. Everything that I felt down there, I was thinking I was making it worse. And I had just come from the course where I'd seen the progressed stages on the big screen, you Mm -hmm. know, as Mm -hmm. women then start to Google, et cetera, and see these other stages, and, um, I, I was really beside myself and like, uh, other injuries I've had in the past, which were easy to discuss with friends and be kind of bummed. I can't run. I have to swim because I have a knee injury or something. I couldn't just freely chat about this. Like, like I do today, you know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what they would think. I, I wasn't sure. It wasn't talked about, uh, so much from what I knew on social media or wasn't, you know, the word wasn't getting out there as much. Um, and so, I think you go through this uh, emotional roller coaster. I was really mad. I was really mad at the fitness industry. I was really mad at um my doctor. I was mad that no one told me about this. Why didn't she how could I have prevented it? Um And I was depressed, I guess, because I couldn't do these things. And I'm not someone who's really like, gets depressed. So I don't want to necessarily quote unquote say depressed, but I wasn't myself Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about it all the time. So it was consuming every minute of my day. Um, and I remember, you know, finishing reading a book to my son at one point and being like, okay, okay. As I lay there thinking, okay, it's not terminal. It's not my kids. It's me. I'm going to freaking do something about this because it's not going to rule what I can and can't do in my life. There's got to be something else. Surgery is not my only option. And uh, a friend of mine, Kim Vopny, uh, who you might have uh, also known, um, the vagina coach, she had just started hearing about hypopressives herself. And she said, I don't know, you know, check out this technique. It was on YouTube. There wasn't anything in English. It was all Spanish speaking and I do not speak Spanish, and I did what I'm trying to. Bummer. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of advise people not to do, but uh, I guess sometimes it works. But I tried to emulate what I saw on YouTube, you know, and for some reason I got it. I just connected with it, and I went two weeks back uh, after two weeks back to the pelvic health physio, and she was like, "Oh my God, your stage two has gone to a stage one," and my pelvic floor uh support system or function was starting to normalize i'd had a uh, small episiotomy so only a three stitches that was she'd worked out a little bit of the tension there um it was becoming more functional and that's where i was like oh my god i gotta figure out where i can learn this how i can learn this as a personal trainer can i te- take the course mm-hmm. um so i contacted Kaisa from banules okay I gotta wrap this up from banules who uh who taught me, she was the only English speaking instructor at the time. They'd only taught one English course prior to me flying to Bagnoles and taking the course privately. So I took the course level one with her, found out exactly, you know, more about the details of the poses, um, how to integrate it, et cetera, and the nuances of the technique. And... I wasn't writing a journal at a time. So I'm going to roughly throw out four weeks, you know, before I went back to the pelvic health physio and the prolapse was no longer there. And it kind of started my whirlwind of travel because when I was in Spain and I was listening to what I was listening to in this course and I was just like, you know what? we don't train the core like this in North America. Like I've been to so many workshops, conferences, no one ever talked about the respiratory diaphragm, let alone the pelvic diaphragm. And they didn't take this real full body approach the way hypopressives was. And, um, I really wanted to bring it here. I wanted to bring it to North America. I thought even if there was a small percentage of the population that would respond to this technique, the way I was responding to it, how can I not try and bring it here? So, I uh, traveled repeatedly to Spain to get myself to the level where I became master trainer and a course instructor. Um, how do you help as many people as you can? You have to teach the professionals so they can yeah. offer it as a tool with their clients and their patients. And it's my it's my thing. It's the only thing I teach. I see clients um, privately Monday through Thursday. I teach the workshops to general public, and then I teach the courses to the professionals. And it's it is my thing it's uh yeah it's what makes me happy it's given me purpose interestingly enough had I known back then in my cheery state where I would be today you know really it changed my life and it it actually really changed it for the better you know this I, I don't know yeah so that's that's my kind of story in the nutshell mm-hmm. trying to sum it up um It's compelling.
0: I mean, it's you, you really like, especially as someone who's very active, like all that self blame of like, you know, no one told me, did I do this to myself? Like now I'm broken and I feel shameful because it's like, is my vagina falling out? Like all my organs falling out? Like all these, these narrative in our brain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and you sort of feel like I'm a fitness professional. Like I, uh, my body and my training is so important to me. And now it's like broken. Like I get it. Yeah. And (laughs) you have,
2: and people have this idea of you, you know, this idea, this, this visual, like, Oh, she's so healthy and fit. And here I was, I'm like, "Mm, but only if you knew what was going on in the inside. And then like you say, there's the intimacy part. It's like, Oh my God, do I tell my husband? Do I not tell? Is this gonna right. ruin the intimacy of our marriage or not? You know, so there is all of that also going uh mm-hmm. in my mind. And luckily I have a very supportive husband who's also very patient and was like, Yeah, you go, you go to Spain and you you get the, you know figure this out and helped uh support me. And yeah, so that's amazing. And it,
3: And also you being not, like you said, a new mom and bringing that other element and sharing your story of you having, what did you say? A six-year-old and 11-year-old. 11-year-old at the time. Yeah. So it's so interesting.
0: This episode of the We Go There podcast is brought to you by The Bell Method, a fitness company that blends Pilates with pelvic health, creating choreography from science. You might feel overwhelmed at all the abs after baby programs promising to make you bounce back after birth. Or maybe you're feeling unsure of how to exercise in pregnancy and prepare your body for delivery. It can be tough to navigate what information is credible and evidence-based. Women deserve better. I created all of our programs with the guidance of pelvic health physiotherapists and we continue to evolve our programming to stay current with the latest research. At The Bell Method, we ditch guilt and bring balance to our bodies with programs designed to fit your life stage. We'll help you reduce incontinence, diastasis, recti, and prolapse so you feel strong, confident, and empowered throughout pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. I invite you to enjoy 10% off your first class session with the code There 10 Visit www.thebellmethod.com for more.
3: So can you dive deeper into actually like the hypopressive technique and and you know dumb it down for people like myself but yeah exactly what that entails and what it is and all and just yeah
2: share your wisdom okay okay so hypopressives is a postural so it works on the posture and a respiratory technique okay that takes a full body approach to core and pelvic health and if I was gonna give you just like a quick little Snapshot in your mind, you would think maybe it looks a little similar to yoga. Like all you need is a, a floor. That's it. Comfortable clothing. And you work through a series of postures and poses with this unique breathing pattern. And it's the unique breathing pattern that is kind of the eye candy on social media, I kind of call it, where you see that abdominal uh, vacuum or everything gets drawn inwards and upwards. That's kind of the catcher, the eye catcher that draws people in. Are like, what the heck is that? One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. everywhere now, and it must drive you crazy. Sorry, I'm getting on a side yeah. tangent here.
3: <laughs> well, I've seen it on your Instagram, Nikki, and I'm like, what is she doing now? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just, I you know it's okay. So full disclosure, this is just a, I did work with you almost ten years ago. I think probably eight years ago, mm-hmm. and I, I don't tell people that I could possibly be on literally did one workshop with you, but I I did it myself with my own babies, but never really wanted to put it out there because, you know, I've heard so many mixed things about it. So I, it fully, and I'm going on the record here, fully helped me, you know, playing around with it and like feeling going into the apnea, which we're going to get into, but mm-hmm. it feels like there are still naysayers out there regarding like, oh, there's not enough evidence and blah, blah, blah. And so and I'm always like, listen, it's a tool in your toolkit. You need to know that this exists. You know, people can obviously, as you know, get very confused about the breathing. They're sort of like, I thought sucking in was bad. I'm like, well, we're not sucking in. This is apnea. We're doing a vacuum. It's different. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we need to... And then also, there's also the sort of Miss Olympia on Instagram doing it to say it's going to make your tummy flat, like talking about it from an aesthetic perspective. So let's let's talk about... I mean, gosh, there's so much is to talk Is that about.
2: true? <laughs> Yeah, so it does. Starting at the beginning, is that true? Yeah, it does improve uh, waist. Yeah, decreases your waist size and does improve abdominal tone for sure. Um, And so for... Alex
0: is like, wait, time out. This isn't just for prolapse.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so how can I do
3: this? And I'm going to do it right after this call. (laughs) All the benefits. Um, I also want to talk about all the benefits because is it just for prolapse and yeah, there's so much.
2: So anyways, continue. There's so much and there's so much. And that's one thing when you list of all the benefits that hypopressives can offer you, people are like, come on, what? It can do all these things. But really, if we're training the core for function, the core's function is responsible for a lot of things. And I think people don't understand that. They always still think the core is that superficial abdominal look, that toned ab look, right? Or, And we have to really think, okay, wait a minute. What does the term core even refer to in the first place? Well, it refers to the deepest part of something. So then we need to think, take a step back. Okay, so it's the respiratory diaphragm, okay, that big dome shape, the pelvic diaphragm or pelvic floor, I refer to it also as a dome shape, the transverse abdominal, so the deepest abdominal muscles and the multifidus in the back. So that canister, if you will. Yep. Now it's responsible for circulation, digestion for phonation so projecting your voice has sexual function it's helps to prevent uh, incontinence right both fecal and urinary incontinence it's a support system for our internal organs it helps also balance and counterbalance pressures within that abdominal and pelvic cavity so it's got a lot of things there so once you start saying okay wait a minute oh, I'm having regular bowel movements. Is that because I'm doing hypopressive? Yes, it is because we're getting movement and blood and circulation there. And there's so many other things. Orgasms are better because, oh, if you're getting circulation there, blood flow there, it's going to be better. It improves proprioception. It's uh, It also works. So if we're going to talk, not to get too into the science kind of of it, but... Um, it turns on or activates the type one muscle fibers. Okay. The type one muscle fibers make up the majority of muscle fiber types within that core and the pelvic floor by like 69 to 70% predominant. Okay. And I'll explain this in a second. Type two is more of the voluntary ones, right? The ones that you'd find predominantly in the quads and the glutes and the biceps. Yep. There's only 3% of those in the pelvic floor and within the core. Now, it's not so black and white because those percentages don't make 100. They certainly influence each other and overlap. But if we're thinking, wait a minute, if the core is responsible for all those things, and those muscle fibers are more postural and respiratory muscles that are supposed to work in an automatic anticipatory way just all the time, a little support here, a little manage pressure here, et cetera, without us kind of Training them in a voluntary way, like wait, well, how do you train a group of muscles that's supposed to work together as a unit in an automatic anticipatory way without actually voluntarily contracting and relaxing them? Right, mm-hmm. like a Kegel, which is a little more of the type two muscle fibers. Oh, that we're turning on. Oh, with our mind. Yep, they're not mm-hmm. the automatic ones. So this unique breathing technique where you do get this drawing inwards and upwards of the abdominal cavity, it activates those type one muscle fibers. Yeah. It has the transverse abdominals slide and glide become slightly active. Same with those within the pelvic floor. Um, but also it's not just the breathing technique because the postures themselves also create this reaction because it taking a full body approach Right? Because everything from head to toe to the fingertips is going to affect your ability to breathe, how Mm -hmm. you're standing, right? How you're sitting. Mm -hmm. And if you're not breathing well and your alignment's not so great that you're not allowing that respiratory diaphragm to move freely, then it's not going to be able to play so well with the pelvic diaphragm. So, years and years ago, like close to probably 40 something years ago, it was more like in a clinical setting, the person would come down, they would do this abdominal maneuver, and yeah, they'd get some results. But maybe they weren't as long lasting because they would go continue to carry the baby this way, push the groceries, carry the groceries. And they weren't taking a full body approach to this um, core and pelvic health, right? Where they now then developed it into this series of postures and poses that empowers the woman or the man who can do this on their own. And it was based originally on a 20 minute program because you have to base it on something. So it was originally based on a 20 minute program. And, um, the, the beginner is more based on static postures and poses that are symmetrical in nature. As you progress, then we make the poses become more asymmetrical, right? Now we're manipulating the tissues in different lines. When you come more progressed from there, when the, um, qualified trainer feels it's right for you, we start to well, add some rotation again. Now we're changing things a little bit more. Yeah, so it's very much this full body approach, and has this uh, component, this breathing piece.
0: So I have a question about postures and poses because I remember feeling like, and I'm a movement professional myself. I remember coming to the workshop, going, "What the fuck is happening?" Right now? <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because like, there's so much serratus activation from my memory. Um, and Mm -hmm. people might be like, what? So basically the armpit muscles, like there's a lot going on and like internal rotation of the arms and like making sure your scapula is in a particular position. And so now I have a better understanding. This is to facilitate better movement of the diaphragm. Correct.
2: Totally. Yes. And our respiratory muscles, right. And postural Mm -hmm. muscles. And, um, yeah. And so this is true that the serratus is involved in all the postures and the poses, Everything can be modified. So, if someone has like too much internal rotation, I'm not going to give them this specific pose. I'm going to give them another posture. Or if they have a rotator cuff or a carpal tunnel or something. So, a lot of times, too, when people take this, see these poses on Mm. social media with this abdominal. So, now they're not just looking at the abdominal piece, they're taking a look at the poses. A lot of times too there's a misconception that we're holding those poses with this like isometric contraction where we're like oh holding yeah. with tension you know but yeah. we're not it's about oh opening creating space it's more about eccentrically lengthening the muscle instead of contract concentrically shortening and contracting like in a bicep curl when you're actually doing yeah. that curl it involves the lengthening but then it also adds that perfect complement to those who well, for everyday living, but for athletes and people who are doing sports and other activities like this, because everything else is very much about contracting, closing and tightening joints. This is, oh, opening up, creating space and looking at these lines from head to toe to the fingertips to release tension and create. Yeah. So it's a fine balance. And I say, um, I like this idea of it's kind of like fine-tuning a guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. If you tune, tighten those strings on the guitar too tight, that's not going to sound so good, right? Mm -hmm. Hyperpress is not going to feel so good if it's too, oh, strung too tight. Right. If you're too slack, and you're like, nah, man, just kind of hanging out in the pose, not really doing much, but this abdominal maneuver, then the same thing, maybe you're not going to get the same amount of changes. Mm-hmm. But if everything's like a little bit here, a little length and mm-hmm. everything, the whole body's like doing a little bit of something. So although, and back then, of course, it was so long ago, of how I taught it, or how we were teaching it, right? I've evolved significantly. We all have. We all teacher, have just that yeah, <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, oh, if I could go back 10 years and train that person the way train them today, right? Don't you think the language oh, is yeah. a little bit different, etc.? Um so there, there shouldn't be any too much given tension in one given area, right? Mm-hmm. It's very balanced within every within the poses mm-hmm. and like everything it's a challenge at first to hold some yeah. of those poses and to learn to breathe and be there. And it um very much improves proprioception, right? A lot. So if we go into this pelvic floor, maybe how it's different than a Kegel, right? Yeah. Or some, right. Let's talk a little bit. I know it's like part of the question. Yeah. And not in sucking in? in
0: too. Like, and what is an apnea? Like people understanding the false inhale. Like that's, I think the crux of this, like in terms of differentiating, like, no, you're not like, trying to brace your core or actually suck in, you're, you're creating like this reflex in a way of automatic. And and if I, this is me paraphrasing, correct me if I am getting any of this wrong, but this is my yeah. understanding Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where you're sort of like creating this automatic vacuuming up. I think of it as almost like you're giving yourself a pessary through like some support from almost like underneath, but instead of from underneath, it's kind of coming from up, like creating a vacuum up. Um, and, and like, I guess maybe you could explain like, what is this false inhale? Like what is really, people may not have heard the word apnea. Um, mm-hmm, and how mm-hmm. does, how does a hypopressive differentiate between just like a,
2: you know, a Kegel, as you said. Of course. So, um, the term apnea means to not breathe, right. To not be breathing. And, uh, we do three rest breaths at the beginning, which are also very important. One rest breath is an inhale and an exhale okay we do three of those really important to this technique as well okay balancing out the nervous system getting those diaphragms working together maintaining the pose and then on the third one we typically say this is the third and last rest breath this one ends in apnea where we exhale the air out i do not like the idea of pushing all the air out or doing it with a final push because then you can increase pressure and push things down before you get this decrease in pressure and get everything to draw up. So I like it when they exhale, they lengthen and grow within this pose. And just at that point before you would need to take an inhale, right? You've exhaled, you close the nose and the mouth, the nose becomes inactive and so is the mouth. And you go to mimic taking a breath whereby you open the rib cage, you just don't allow any air in. Hmm. And there's this suction and a vacuum effect that happens where things get drawn inwards and upwards. So we're not only getting this suction from above, but we're also activating, like I said, those muscle fibers from below to help to improve that support system, which is a lot different than a Kegel, which is doing voluntary and you're not getting that lift of organs like you do with the hypopressives. Now it's not like you are healed; you just did it, and now the organs are up and bye-bye. You know, there's work that's involved to maintain it, to keep doing it. Not everybody gets it super fast, right? There's a learning process, and um, when I'm talking about the rest breaths and I'm talking about the apnea, I think it's also important to understand that. I've seen people who come in to see me and who've done like online programs who are not guided by a professional or seeing it by YouTube. And I have to really fine tune or optimize their breathing to begin with before they start this. Because sometimes, if they're, say, what I call stuck an in inhalation, where the rib cage is kind of in that open position. So and they're not confident. really getting that huh, exhale mm-hmm. where they're allowing the ribs to glide back down to the midline. So if they're stuck open, the ribs are in more that open position and they go to try to achieve this maneuver and this look they do almost like this scooping maneuver, you know, to try to get things inwards and upwards because they're kind of already open. Well, how much more are they going to go? What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And that's going to alter their pose significantly and it's not going to be help them posturally. In fact, they'll probably start to get a sore neck, etc. So there's a lot that I like to do to begin with just to change the breathing pattern. To mm-hmm. say, okay, it's not only about our inhale, we have to focus on what the exhale is because it's that nice exhale Well, that will... Well, allow the inhale and can also allow for that really nice apnea and that opening of the rib cage where it just kind of slides and glides. Yeah. And You're you talking know. about rib flare
0: because so many people postpartum are stuck in that rib flare. And so basically what I'm taking away from this is if you're stuck in rib flare, you got to fix the rib flare before hypopressives are going to help you.
2: Totally. And if you're going to, if you're going to exhale and over recruit those obliques, and knit those at the rib cage down every time with your abs, and you're taking the air out, you can be increasing pressure towards the pelvic floor. But also, those are two the type of people who will go about it with their abdominals to try Mm -hmm. to pull inwards and upwards, because their ribs are so locked down with their obliques, I have to kind of teach them how to let go of that pattern in order to then allow for the movement on that apnea. So there's, there's a lot of things that yeah, really if you're going to do this uh in the most optimal way, I would say you'd have someone take a look at your breathing pattern first. Totally. And then let's introduce the the apnea or this the wrists, inhale.
3: Like they're stuck just all all the time like that? Is that what you mean?
2: Yeah, like so there's stuck. a rib angle that yeah. you can be like more open and sometimes new moms have this more open rib angle mm-hmm. because the baby has been here mm. and then the baby's born mm. and it stays like this and they're breathing more sympathetically because now they're stressed. They're not allowing the exhale to come here. Okay. So they stay in this kind of more open angle. So we're uh-huh. kind of looking at this rib angle and the people who hold more tension might be here and it could be like fascial restrictions, abdominal, etc., cetera, um, surgeries. So we're trying to get this, fluid movement from the inhale and the exhale. And mm. it's on that inhale. Oh, that's when that respiratory diaphragm will broaden and descend slightly allow the lungs to fill with air, at which point the pelvic floor oh, relaxes, mm. right? On the exhale, the rib cage should glide back in towards the midline. That's mm-hmm. when the diaphragm is more inactive and the pelvic floor contracts just through the ebb and flow of breathing. But many people don't have this, um, this flow. There is a bit of a glitch. In oh, the season, yeah. See, I so want to
0: ask, do you have this? Cause she just had twins, Trista, yes. like in the fall
2: That's what Jen or another I... summer.
3: Yeah. Do you have yeah. rib
0: flare? Like is yeah. the bra band tighter than it was?
3: Yeah. So Jen had said like my, she was like, she's wait. I see her on Mondays, my um, physio, my pelvic floor physio. And she said that like my last time I saw her that they are, I do have a rib flare, she thinks. And so she's seeing like, oh, well maybe it'll come down in my next, like I'm seeing her on Monday. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what the status Mm -hmm. of it is.
2: But And I'll say, I'll just make a comment because I think the term rib flare we have to look at two different two different things here because um this is like more about a, like a rib angle so that the rib cage is more open here in in my vocabulary or what i think of a rib flare to me is more the rib cage is stuck this way mm-hmm. where there's tension in the back where the bra strap is mm-hmm. here and it's more out like this and so sometimes people who do this um abdominal maneuver they have a rib flare. They're just looking at the front. They're not paying attention to what's happening in the back. So you don't want it to keep being this rib flare where the ribs in the front flare open mm-hmm. and up. So when I'm talking about the rib angle, I'm kind of talking the distance between like maybe the, the floating ribs or the small ribs at the bottom. Mm-hmm. That distance kind of stays there where someone with a rib flare their chest might always be more hyped up to give a little bit of a visual this way. There's tension in the back around the bra strap. Maybe the spine goes inwards there, where mm-hmm. they have like constant tension there. So Thanks. there's a couple of different types of rib flare. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, side note about that. When your ribs are flared, your diaphragm can't drop well, and then your vagus nerve doesn't get stimulated. So people feel more anxiety.
2: Totally. Side note. But this is oh. hypopressives is that too, right? All coming together. <laughs> nerve, And it's, it's, there's a really nice mindfulness yeah. component to it because you are, oh, doing these postures and the poses and you're breathing, et cetera. Now yeah. I'll comment that it does very much improve proprioception of the pelvic floor. So here's a little example is the woman goes to go see the pelvic health physiotherapist and the therapist is like, okay, can you do, uh, A cortical Kegel or a voluntary contraction of the pelvic floor, you know, it inwards and upwards. And the woman's like, oh my God. Okay, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing what you're telling me, but I just can't make it happen. There's like a disconnect, right? Mm. but then she starts to do hypopressives and when you're doing hypopressives, you feel the pelvic floor going up. You feel the vagina going up. You're like, Oh, Oh, that's the muscle; Those are the muscles. That's the movement that should happen. Mm. Okay. And there's these neurological connections that start to happen. So then when she goes back to the pelvic health physio, after she's been practicing hypopressives for a while, the physio is like, okay, let's see how your voluntary contraction is. And she's like, Oh my god, now I get it. Now I can make that happen and access those muscles more efficiently because there's been uh, a connect that's happened automatically. Which is the awesome thing about this technique is getting women out of their pelvic floor. Like who wants to do more pelvic floor stuff? Like when I yeah. when I first diagnosed, I needed to take my brain away from my pelvic floor. This like for Finally, I could do something that was a bit intense because it's not easy, mm. uh, and I was focusing on my breathing, my postures, my alignment. I wasn't thinking about okay, relax, contract, trying to make those muscles work. Still thinking about my pelvic floor, you know. So, um, I try to to tell women if they're feeling symptoms or whatever throughout the day, just to pause and be like, okay, wait a minute, how am I standing? How am I breathing? Okay, Move soft. Okay, and then I can inhale. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. And then they can carry on, yeah, mm-hmm. instead of always the the pelvic floor.
3: Well, you just reminded me I haven't been doing my Kegels, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, now you can do hypopressives. You're overrated, Lexi. Overrated.
0: Yeah, um, overrated.
2: Okay. <laughs> who should not, okay,
0: so is there, which are there people who should not do hypopressives. I've under, I've heard about blood pressure contraindications. So can you talk about that?
2: Yeah, there's some contraindications. If you're pregnant, you're not going to do the apneas. First of all, everybody can do all the postures and the poses. They could be modified as needed. That's not the part that's the kind of contraindicated part. And we get phenomenal results with those doing the postures and the poses, even if we have to add a voluntary contraction. But The apnea part, yes, that's the part where it starts to get a little bit more mm, to do or not do. Um, So when you're pregnant, you wouldn't do them, right? You don't want to be holding your breath for the periods of time, et cetera. Uh, If you've just had surgery, high blood pressure, you don't want to be holding your breath for long periods of time with high blood pressure. Um, Digestive issues. So if you have irritable bowel or Crohn's, We wouldn't do it during times of uh, inflammation. Yeah. But they could still continue with the program, with the postures and the poses and the breathing, which helps. Um, And they could do apneas on days that they're not getting, that they're not as symptomatic. Yeah. Uh, What else? Things that, you know, if you just had eye surgery, say you're not going to do it because you don't want there to be uh, a change in pressure. If you have, um, uh, hiatal hernia. Then there's maybe certain poses. Sometimes it can help, a, help, but other times it might not. There are things like any exercise program that you're, you sort of check these things off the box where you're like, you know what? We always with hypopressives progress very gradually and we need to uh, communicate with the clients, see how things are going like this and keep the communication open. So Yeah, if they have acid reflux and they're doing hypopressives, oh, we start to add acne. Is it making you more symptomatic? Okay, then we need to pull back, right? But when I'm saying we progress slowly, we're only doing three apneas, so three of those abdominal maneuvers, if you will, every three days at the beginning. That's it. So, and we slowly, that's for like a week or two weeks, we slowly add another pose maybe we say, okay, things are good. Symptoms are feeling good. Okay. Let's maybe move that into day two. And then on the, you know what I mean? So it's a very gradual introduction to these, see how the person's uh, responding, et cetera.
1: Lexi here. Okay. So let's shift to another under the radar. Not so hot topic for a minute. Body hair. Everyone's got it, but a lot of us want to live smoother. Am I right? Ten years ago, I started Wax On Laser and Wax Bar. WaxOn isn't just any waxing and laser hair removal bar. We are the industry leader creating a safe space that inspires people to live confidently in their own skin. Over the years, we've developed trust. Trust that you know you're getting the best quality and comfortable experience every single time. Whatever you come to WaxOn for, it's going to be Awesome. We've created our own exclusive gold wax formula that's like no other. It's as pain-free and long-lasting as it gets, perfect for all your waxing needs. At WaxOn, we've invested in top the line laser technology that's effective on virtually any hair and skin tone for effective results on every body, seriously. And we carry a carefully curated collection of products. Some we make ourselves, locally I might add, and some are from brands we've fallen in love with that adhere to our values and standards of clean, good for you, and female-founded. If you haven't experienced WaxOn, I invite you to enjoy 20% off your first service with code There. Visit WaxOn.ca or download the mobile app to book in with code There. because there is such a thing as a better hair removal experience to help you live smoother.
0: Let's talk evidence, because this is where, mm-hmm. um, I you know, there there is evidence, but, you know, quality and scale of studies, let's talk about it, because some people are obviously they cite a lot of evidence but you know i think we all recognize that we are lacking like we want more right like more studies to support we it we want but, more
2: studies we yeah. we want more studies too we're like please do studies <laughs> do studies we've got no. a Several clinical studies. There's a lot of studies that have also been done, but you know, maybe the person teaching the hypopressive component actually never took the course, you know, and doesn't actually need to know how to teach it, but they're very familiar on how to teach the Kegels, right? And they're following up a bit more on that than they are the hypopressives. Now there is one study I'm very excited about. It hasn't been the study itself has been completed and the paper has been submitted. And um, it's by a world renowned uh facility in ottawa by linda mclean so she's known around the globe her facility they actually have a 3d printer there so they print off the devices that they use for this i i was there so i can speak passionately about this from personal experience um anyway it's really awesome and they they got i think over more than 60 women so it was a really good group not super small um And the purpose of the study was to see, uh, does uh, hypopressives truly decrease the pressure uh, of the abdominal cavity? And is it activating those muscle fibers uh, for the transverse abdominals and the pelvic floor? And so I took part in that study and I'm not allowed to share like, you know, I didn't get my results back, but I could see on the screen and I shared on Instagram what my Vagina looks like in Amazing. ultrasound <laughs> when you're doing this hypopressives And I've seen it on ultrasound um, in various other locations. Uh, and I've put it on my Instagram too, where you see the transverse abdominals slide and glide. You see what it looks like when you're talking, when you change your pose, et cetera. Um, and I did do a pilot study also in Vancouver. At a laboratory there where they wanted to see the changes in pressure. And there was 100% confirmation that there is a decrease in abdominal pressure when you're doing hypopressives. And that was a different approach to the one um, done by Linda McLean. I like Linda McLean's much better. So for hers, it was this uh, rubber device that's not like, not unsimilar to like a big tampon kind of like this plug. And that was inserted into the vagina, along with some other electrodes that were uh, inserted and were um, connected right around near where the anus is. Yep. And Sounds then there like were fun. Electrodes uh on the stomach, the abdominal walls. Sorry. And yeah, it was, you know what? It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's like that, I'm telling you, is way more fun than the one I did in Vancouver where they take a cord that's like a charging cord. Oh god. You know? And it's got electrodes up a lot of cord. on <laughs> both sides. <laughs> both sides like this and it's got deflated balloons on either side and they insert it through your nose and they oh sip water and like swallow this down so it passes past the diaphragm oh, and when it gets Bless in the you position Trista. then they inflate the balloons <laughs> and if it's not in the correct place they have to kind of move it a little oh way. no <laughs> thread it in, through your nose to make sure that it's in the right position. And then you have to do hypopressives with this with your nose, of course clamped because they have to hold it in place because oh it was going through yeah. your nose. So that's way more fun. That's less fun. The going up is yeah. much better than the going down. Oh down. yeah. Trust me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but that confirmed definitely that there was uh, a decrease in abdominal, intra-abdominal Interesting. pressure. And I'm um, so, I'm curious to see, yeah, what the yeah. study is. And so they were, they tested women um, before introducing hypopressives to see where they were at. And then they had uh, hypopressives that were given to them and then they were um, retested again after they've been practicing the hypopressives oh. for a period of time. And unfortunately, sometimes these things take a long time for the papers to yeah. get, you know, the papers submitted and then for people to go through the papers, et cetera. The other thing too is, Uh, a lot of the other research that's been done is come out of Spain and Spanish research here, you can't just translate. They don't accept it. You know, Spanish research translated to English research. So um, it's kind of disregarded here. And I I will tell you, I'll say that uh, the people who come to see me they could care less if there's research or not. Their friends got results and their friend's friend got results. Totally. And they want to, they're like, I don't care about their research. I'm yes. just showing how to do this, yeah. you know? And I find a lot of the, the professionals who are taking the courses, they're very open-minded. They want to learn. A lot of them have pelvic floor dysfunction. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who take the courses have pelvic floor dysfunction themselves and are pelvic PTs. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what, this is the missing key. It's a missing piece to this puzzle and they want to learn it both personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. And they, whether they get research or not, you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm
0: hogging the mic right now, Lex. So just cut me off if you need me to, but I, I do want to, cause in my latest post, well, my latest I've only I think I've talked about hypopressives twice ever mm-hmm. on Instagram. But mm-hmm. um I had some people say, Oh, isn't this just yes. is it Nalu breathing in yoga? Oh like Nolly. and so Nali, thank you. And they're like, Oh, but yeah. like, why are we renaming a re? This is just a rebrand mm-hmm. and this has been mm-hmm. stolen from an ancient yoga practice. And I'm kind of like, I'm gonna have to ask Trista
2: about that. One. Okay. Stay okay, tuned. okay, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. We we didn't just create this out of the blue yoga has been around for so many years right that there's influences and there are similarities for sure but we cue it differently our postures and poses are different our goals are different some of what we see is similar with regards to the nollie and they get um better digestion improved bowel movements these sort of things there's similarities I mean, they're just different goals and we cue it differently how to go about doing the maneuver we cue in all these specific details with the postures and the poses which also weren't created out of the blue they were borrowed messier and Swishard um, in europe have been teaching this postural work for many years different than we our approach here in north america so there's a moral from that, but again, we add our flavor to it and we change it a little bit to achieve our specific goals. Arnold Schwarzenegger did an abdominal vacuum maneuver. Yeah, similar, different goal, totally fine it's not necessarily hypopressives because of what maybe how he's going about doing it. And I find the vacuum breath, if we're going to touch on that piece a little bit, mm-hmm. which is more seen in the fitness industry, I think they're going about it more with this voluntary pulling inwards of the belly button yeah. and this drawing upwards here where it's more active with the abs and there there's tension created there yeah. in this maneuver. And I can't comment on whether there's necessarily, I think there's more of an increase in pressure than a decrease in pressure, or maybe possibly if the onset of that, but I can't comment a hundred percent because I have not seen studies that say mm. that increases pressure or not. But again, it's for a different goal. It narrows the waistline, shows off their serratus, right? Makes them peer really big at the top. Um, and there are some bodybuilding compa- um competitions now that you have to know how to do this maneuver in order to compete Mm -hmm. that they don't want you walking up on stage with a distended uh stomach which it Mm -hmm. started to look like they became really distended over recruit oh
3: ninja turtle labs
2: yeah totally and if i'm not mistaken arnold schwarzenegger stood up at one of the um events that he was judging and said i'm not going to don't call me on this, but this is what I've heard. I refuse to judge competitions if they continue to come up like this on stage. Oh, ouch! It's wow. not aesthetically pleasing. It's oh not God. like <laughs> functional, etc. And the competition and I, world I, is so wild. Like, yeah, wow, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Anyways, side note, that's a yeah. Different so, topic the, for that mm-hmm. person. There's there is similarities, but it's different. And I've had many many yoga instructors take the courses, and it's different. It's cued differently. It's a different approach. And it's not to say that these things aren't good for you, the nollie or whatever. It's totally good. You're using it for your goal and for your practice. Maybe hypopresses would be a nice balance. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's like the same with Pilates, strength training, abdominal work. It's not that those things are bad for us to try to work those abdominals, the superficial abdominals. I think what happens is we get so like um, taken over by doing too many of them too many of them too often. Who are we anyway? Like if you're the pole vaulter or someone who's got to professionally kick that soccer ball across the field, yeah, maybe you need to work out to that extent. But they're also suffering signs and symptoms of core dysfunction because they're over recruiting that superficial piece. And like a tube of toothpaste, you keep tightening and tightening. If there's a weak link somewhere, the pressure is going to go. Mm -hmm. Somewhere, whether it's abdominal hernias, whether it's vertebral hernias, whether it's symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction. So I think we need to step back and say, okay, wait a minute. Who are we? What is the function of our core? What do we need it for? Right? Are we the mom? We do a ton as as parents, picking up the kids, the car seat, everything for Mm -hmm. sure. So I 100% think that strength training is very important. Otherwise, the pelvic floor is going to take the brunt of it. Right? If you can't breathe and move correctly, yeah, you need to learn these things. Um, those abdominal muscles. Yeah, they're important. We need those too, but it's like, Hey, wait a minute. Let's not forget about this other piece, Mm -hmm. this other Mm -hmm. system, you know, and really think about training the core for function. What is core, you know? And I think that's an important message to, to convey. And so for our listeners who are interested in
3: this, who, who should do this? Like is, you know, because there's obviously so many other benefits, as you've mentioned, than just prolapse. What, you know, who, who are the right people? Like, how do you know if I'm a candidate that would benefit from or does everyone?
2: You are. You right. are the candidate. Everybody yes. <laughs> so just had twins. It's been, so, it's yeah. been used, <laughs> it's been used um, with kids for postural reasons, scoliosis, these kind of things for postural deficiencies or... Yeah. um Inaccuracies. there's uh respiratory function musicians singers also like to use it they're able to project the voice or you're able to hold the tune longer etc mm. play the trumpet or whatever uh instrument like this plus it's postural so those who are musicians and who are practicing for hours violin or trumpet or whatever they can benefit from this also There's uh, the mom, there's the male. It improves uh, sexual function for the man and the woman. Yeah. Decreases waistline, so improves abdominal tone. Those with digestive issues, perhaps, uh, respiratory issues, postural. Um, incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse. There's another thing that goes on. Uh, a lot of people say too is, oh, no, no, don't do hypopressives because you have a hypertonic pelvic floor. Your pelvic floor is too oh, yeah, tight, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we need to talk about That's that. That's another one that comes up a lot. Oh, my God, because you don't understand what hypopressives is. You don't understand the breathing piece. We like, It's not just about what's happening in that vacuum. And also what happens when we're doing this abdominal maneuver and everything gets drawn inwards and upwards, Oh my God, you get a beautiful myofascial release from the inside, right? So um, massage uh, therapists, osteos, love it as a compliment to their practice because they're going maybe more for... They're trying to get the internal, but they're on the external. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But this happens automatically from the inside. So they get a really nice release of tension mm-hmm. and can help to okay. maintain the oh, results that they're getting, even with the pelvic health physio who might do release of scar tissue internally, but still external. Um This offers that complement and helps maintain it, maintain it. So she goes yeah. back and things are better they haven't gone back to this tension or tightened state that they were before the other thing too is we don't know why the person's so hypertonic or not or has the tension in the pelvic floor is it emotional is it uh stress related etc hypopressives is a breathing technique we're inhaling we're exhaling those rest breaths ah, oh, we're balancing out the nervous system. It's not inhale, exhale fast. At the beginning, the exhale is nice and long. The exhale is the parasympathetic nervous system. But also the inhales, a lot of people think, um, you know, the inhales when in the pelvic floor and the core just kind of, well, mm-hmm. let's go a little bit, right? Because there's been a change in pressure in that abdominal and pelvic cavity because of the breath. If you allow that to happen and feel just like, just to breathe. Don't make it so purposeful, but just to inhale, to exhale, like, oh my God, I just felt my low back. Oh, I just felt everything just kind of woke up and just kind of let go and oxygenated, right? So you tap into all these things. And depending what the person's coming to me for, Mm -hmm. I might say, oh, let's really, oh, Feel the inhale. Allow yourself to breathe. It feels good, mm-hmm. and to exhale. And remember too, maybe I need to teach them how to exhale so their inhale is mm-hmm. nice and seamless. So it—it it, it sh- it, there is not a written rule, and those who say you shouldn't do it because your pelvic floor is too tight or you're holding too stress, I don't know why they say that. There's no no one sa- There's no one saying that. I think that everybody is very unique and everybody is different. And if you introduce hypopresses to someone and their pelvic floor continues to be more symptomatic, or maybe they're having, okay, maybe this is not for you at this moment in time, or let's work with the pelvic health physio. Okay, I want to focus on breathing with your mouth in a different position, okay, where you inhale and maybe you exhale, like She's this, smiling right now. Where, yeah, <laughs> smiling. Like, t- tongue is more longer, like flattened in the mouth. Yeah. Versus
3: yeah. Right. This, up Where can't. the
2: Yeah, that brings mm-hmm. on more of a contraction, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe I would focus on their inhale here. Maybe I have their legs up the wall and I have them in an arm position where it's like, okay, inhale. Oh You're so passionate about this. It's so yeah, great. It's like, I feel like everyone's going to want to
0: book a discussion with you now. Yeah, yeah I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> let's anyway, do a video one
2: we'll
3: record it i like yeah, yeah i just want to breathe i think i just need to like leave this
2: and take a few breaths clearly <laughs> yeah and the thing Starting is, there. The thing that's awesome you just need one breath right one. right it could just be to pause yeah. and just be like you know what mm-hmm. this one's for me
3: yeah right it's where We've you notice so that you much. hold your breath sometimes you know i do i do mm-hmm. i upset a lot with myself when i'm like working or something. yeah Oh my god, I'm not breathing. <laughs> I'm <gonna exhale>. yeah. <laughs> like five minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's good that you have that that yeah. uh, knowledge about yourself, right? That's yeah. the first step yeah. really yeah. is gaining that knowledge of what these patterns are that you do. And yeah. just be like, okay, oh, if the pelvic floor is symptomatic, maybe it's tapping you on the shoulder, like, hello, how are you standing? How are you breathing? Because yeah, you, you keep pushing me down, you know? So amazing oh my
3: goodness all right so (laughs) last question nikki
0: um well i i think there's so much here we're gonna share some tools in the show notes um and where people can reach you and everything and Mm -hmm. i'm serious i think we need to do like a workshop together trista we talked about that on email wouldn't because there's awesome. so much there. I mean, obviously, a lot of the, these teachings don't translate without visuals. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when you do that. But tell us a little bit more, just real quick, where can people find you? Um, obviously, we'll put this in the show notes, but is there anything sort of you want to say um, to wrap up um, in addition to where people can find you?
2: All right. So first of all, thank you very much for allowing me the opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. And we're speaking, of course, in November, which is Bladder Awareness Month, which is oh. kind of cool since I have bladder prolapse. So that was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, so thanks for allowing me the opportunity to, to chat for sure. Um, my website is coresetfitness.com, So C-O-R-E-S-E-T fitness.com uh, or hypopressivescanada.com is where... Um, Workshops are listed and professionals can find courses that are there. My Instagram is hypopressives.can for Canada. And really my, my final message would be for those who are uh, embarking on this journey, you know, to maybe better pelvic health or core health that be patient, be patient with yourself, offer yourself a lot of kind words. I think um. Maybe we need to offer ourselves the kind words that we would offer a dear friend going through the same thing instead of, oh, why this? Why now? It's not happening fast enough or whatever. But patience, patience and breathing, just slowing down will allow you the opportunity to digest the information that you're reading, that you're learning. If you're seeing a gynecologist or a therapist, go in and be like, okay, I'm going to learn something here. And maybe you don't have to treat it like it's the gospel and what they say is the written rule, or you have to do this, but it's more information and more information, more knowledge is key and will help you move forward uh, or help find the direction that you want to move forward in. But it's okay. It's a journey. And some, this method happened to be my miracle, you know, but There's other methods out there, clearly, that are proving very effective for many, many women. And I think it's important to find the one that resonates best with you. And sometimes one's a stepping stone for another one.
3: Mm -hmm. I love that. Offer yourself the kind words you would offer for a friend. I like that. That's very nice. Thank thank you so much for coming on. And um, yeah, And, and can't wait to see more. And I'm immediately like, just going to learn everything about this because it sounds amazing. Yeah.
2: Well, you're in Toronto. Are you in Toronto? Yeah. 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 I'm in Toronto. I'm doing an avenue road. Come see me right oh, up God. the street. Perfect. Yeah. Done. I'm reaching out. I'm sold. It's
3: happening. <laughs>
2: Thank
0: you, Trista. Okay.
2: Awesome. All right.
3: Thank you. Take care.
2: Yeah.
3: Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out
0: WeGoTherePodcast.com
2: for more info.